welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. for us. I mean, for the world, it's very scary, but for you and I, we have, we have nothing but great news. Exactly. So good. Well, there's a scripture in First Chronicles chapter 12, and Joseph, I know you know the scripture. You've probably preached on it many times. In verse 32, it said that in times of war, David had some real gifted men by his side, and a group of men were called the uh, sons of Ishakar. And it said, and it says in First Chronicles 12:32 that these people had understanding of the times, so that Israel would know what to do. And so God's gifted certain people, like Joseph Morris, to have understanding of the times that we're living in, so we can prepare for the future, so we can not be afraid, so we can know how to operate in the last days. So much is happening right now. If we're not stable in the Word of God, we'll be pulled to and fro. But we've got men of God like Joseph Morris. God's anointed him to give us instruction, things he's seen in the Word of God, things he's seen in prayer, so that we, the church, can know what to do in the end times. We all have the Holy Spirit, but so does Joseph, and he will share things with us tonight that will help us be prepared for these end times. And one of the things we want to say right off the bat, if you're a believer, you have zero to be afraid of. Yes, these are the beginning of sorrows, maybe. Yes, there's some things that are going to happen in the future. Yes, some things are going crazy right now in the world. But the church is in a safe place. Jesus is a good Lord, and we're going to be fine in these end times before he comes to catch us away. But Joseph has some amazing revelation in these areas. And so before I ask any questions, Joseph, just what would be like the main thing on your heart right now? If you could say anything to our viewers that are watching. We probably have mostly Christians that are watching, but there may be some unbelievers or people that just don't know or agnostics or, you know, maybe you're just uh, unchurched. But what would you say the right off the bat concerning the end times to the people that are watching? Sure. Uh, you know, we get into all this information about how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And really it's because he loves you so much. And, and, the, and the reason why it's gotten battled with over the years or gotten a weird rap or a bad rap talking about end times is because it shows the authenticity of the Bible. If you're into the, you're new into this, that's where in Isaiah 46, God said, I'll tell you what, this is how you can tell I'm God. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. And Ezekiel prophesied the year mm-hmm. Israel will be made a nation. Gabriel told Daniel the very year Jesus would come the first time. So it brings authenticity to the book. So, of course, uh, the devil would try to make people seem crazy or strange, and you can't know when the Lord's coming back. But the whole number one reason about looking at all the signs and knowing that the second mm-hmm. coming of the Lord is soon, and the rapture of the church is soon, is because he loves you. He wants you expectant. Mm-hmm. He wants you hopeful. He wants you excited. Paul wrote that Thessalonians. He said, hey, I'm telling you this about the rapture, so you'll be happy and hopeful and then comforted. Right. So the whole purpose of the info is really for great strength. Peter said, make sure you don't let the time right before the coming of the Lord make you fall from your own steadfastness. Mm-hmm. So he wants you strong in the Lord. He wants you stable. And, and uh, that, that's what the Bible talks about. Think about Daniel prophesying about the last day church. He saw us. He said we would know our God, we'd be strong, exactly. and we would do exploits. So there's something about knowing him, his personality, his mercy, 
his kindness, his goodness. I think this is the season just before Jesus comes mm. for every facet of Jesus to be made known through the church, that people would see him in a new light. They'd see his mercy. They'd see his love. And uh, I believe God's raised the church up at the very end here to display that kind of mercy and display yes. that kind of love. Because, boy, we're about to see him face to face. We might as well get a dose of what he's really like. And he's joy. He's strength. He's hope. He's mercy. Everything about him is good. <laughs> so it's so easy to find good. out when you're, when you're dealing with Jesus, it's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. So you guys catch that? It's like, this is an expression of the Lord's love for us, telling us some things that are going to happen, preparing us. And he never, ever told the church to look down or be afraid when these things start to happen. He said, look up, man, your full redemption draws near. Your body's going to put on immortality very shortly. We're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. It's always up, up, up and hopeful for the believer. And that's a very important thing. So, Joseph, I want to ask you a couple questions that some people have turned in. Sure. Uh, people in our church are curious about a couple things. And, um, and, it, and, and if... Um, I know you know everything, <laughs> but just in case you don't, I'll back you up. If I don't know the answer, I'll tell you a book where we can find it, okay? <laughs> okay, man, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, so everybody that's watching, here's the first question, and it's based on a scripture, and I'm going to read you the scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. This is what Paul said by the Holy Spirit. Paul said, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them in the world as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, talking to Christians, you're not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief, or one translation says, by surprise. And so, are you ready, Joseph? Yeah. How close do you think we are to the catching away of the church? How close do you think we are to the rapture? You know, I, I don't know. I guess if you guess the date right on, there might be a trophy in heaven for you. I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, how close do you think we are? With everything you know about the end times, how close do you think we are to hearing that trumpet, meeting the Lord in the air, and boom, forever being with the Lord? I'm curious. I think we're very close. And that whole, the verses you read there were so showing that the world says peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, but not on the church. And that exactly. we are not in darkness so that day would overtake us. I've always preached, and we were taught incorrectly years ago that we couldn't tell when the Lord's coming back. Yet the second coming has sign after sign after sign after sign. Rapture is signless, so you kind of have to figure out when the Ezekiel 38 war is about to set up because the rapture is going to be just before that. And you've got Russia all over Syria. You've got Russia in Crimea. You've got Russia in position. You've got Libya doing things, not Libya, but Turkey doing things in Libya, and Iran hauling missiles down into Syria. So all the things are kind of set up for what happens just after the rapture. So I would say we're a few years away. Uh, I was... Um, I, I think we're not very far at all. It's hard to, you don't want to set a date, but I think as we get closer to the rapture, we'll know exactly the day. We'll get just Oh, like go ahead and set a date. Go ahead. <laughs> and people get so mad at me. They go, why do you think the Lord's not coming this year? I say, well, I think we have a little bit more time, but not a lot. I mean, uh -huh. I think it's getting so, so, so close. 
that uh, very soon we'll see him. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the same way and the people that I talk to and the people that I'm hanging with, I mean, if Peter said, and he did, that the last days started 2,000 years ago, and yeah. he did in Acts chapter two, he said, Prophet Joel said, in the last days, these things shall happen. They experienced those things 2,000 years ago. Then we're in the last of the last days. The end of all things is at hand. I mean, yeah. I think even people that aren't real spiritual know we're about to see a big old change here. Uh, they may not know what it is. We know it's the catching way of the saints, but I'm in agreement with you. We're going to ask a couple more questions that might, you know, even pinpoint this a little bit more, maybe not like you said to the day or the hour, but um, maybe the season. I mean, it's definitely the season. You said, Joseph, that the Lord had revealed to you that we've been seeing signs of the second coming or the, the catching away of the saints. And now we're so close, we're actually seeing signals. Like when you're driving on the interstate, you see signs. You get near the town, you start having signals, traffic right. signals and things like that. And so that's interesting how you receive that. Why don't you talk to people a little bit about the signs and the signals? The signs are so blatant, you know, and I won't go through all of them, but they're so clear. Israel made a nation, Jerusalem won back, Hebrew language restored, Ethiopian Jews brought back fertility of the land of Israel, the revival of the Roman Empire. You have the Temple Mount Institute. So you have all these tangible signs. And even in the last few weeks, you had the ritual baths around the temple fill up with water. Uh, you had the Sea of Galilee fill up. You had foxes on the Temple Mount. You had fish in the Dead Sea. So those are signs. But then you've gone from signs to signals. You had blood red moons on Passover and Tabernacles. The Bible said that the planets would be for signals for us. So, I mean, blood red moons, four in a row on Passover and Tabernacles, that's radical. When's wow. the last time you had four in a row? It was 1967 when Jerusalem was won back, mm -hmm. 1948 when Israel's made a nation, and 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. So you've got signals happening and coinciding with exact times when God's dealing with Israel. Then you had the Bethlehem Star last year. That's crazy. People don't talk yeah. about that a lot. But, I mean, the birth of Jesus, Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus came together. Bethlehem Star, last year, NBC Nightly News said so we have a celestial event. We have Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus. And I'm like, holy cow, that's the Bethlehem Star. So that was last year. And there's many more, but it's just kind of in our face now, God going out of his way to alert us uh, because we're so so soon to see him. And, yeah. and that, you know, 50 years ago, you had some signs, but, man, you had stuff happen in the last three or four weeks. Stuff happened uh, seven weeks ago, nine weeks ago. Literally every single week, something's showing up going, I'm going, oh, Lord, uh, you're coming so soon. So it's very exciting. Wow. So exciting. I, um, I like the fact, too, that you were talking about celebrities getting saved and uh, lead singer for Aerosmith. That's a total sign at the end times, right? <laughs> Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler is born again. Woo! Yeah. And then the selfie sticks. I like that one, too. That's a good sign at the end. Men will be lovers of their own selves, right? <laughs> we're taking more but, ourselves. Crazy. Now, Carla had a question, uh, and I, this may be a little foreign to some of the viewers, unless you've been studying a little bit about, you know, some of the things Billy Brim's been saying and others. Sure. But Carla's question was, do you think the coming of the Lord, or should I say the catching away of the saints, do you think that's going to be in a Shemitah year in, in the Hebrew calendar? And, and do you, I mean, I know there's another Shemitah coming up. There's a couple of them coming up, actually. What do you feel about that, Joseph? Do you think it could possibly be a Shemitah year, the celebration of the Hebrews? 
I think so. I mean, the Lord did things on anniversaries and festival days so flawlessly that I believe it will. And uh, something to think about is Gabriel told Daniel the very year Jesus would come, but he didn't count when he was born. He counted when he rode into Jerusalem triumphantly, so 30 A.D., not, not zero. So add uh-huh. 2,000 years to 30 A.D., you're at 2030. Take away seven or eight years, you're at 2022, 2023. 2022's of a a year. I keep telling the Lord, if he did, when he didn't come in 2017, he missed a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's some really good opportunities for him to come get the church. But yeah. he is flawless with the, the festival days. And uh, it's exciting to see that it will be fulfilled. That's why when he said of that day and that hour, no man knows, he was telling them yeah. when he was coming back on the Feast of Trumpets. That was like code for when I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Well, Carla, did that answer your question? Yes. That's It's exciting because we're talking a couple years that it could happen. Um, yeah. There's a couple of things we're going to share near the end, too, that kind of make you think things have to happen fairly quick because of some other things that might be coming on the earth. It's right. an interesting term in the New Testament. It talks about things not happening in the earth, things coming on the earth from out somewhere else. And so, but before we go there, here, here's another question. Um, and it's based on a scripture in the book of Revelation. And um, <clears throat> this question was given by one of the members in our church, Daniel Ashurst. I'm just going to go ahead and say your name. Um, it's based on a scripture in Revelation chapter. 13, verse 16 through 18. And this is what it says about the beast and about the false prophet, the Antichrist, in the last days. It says in verse 17, actually verse 16, it says, He, this evil person, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bound, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell except he have the mark or the name of the beast or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So he's talking about more than just one thing here. Mm-hmm. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and six. And so our friend uh, Daniel asked, do you see any references to the mark of the beast prior to the rapture? You know, uh, no, you don't, but you see symptoms of it. Just like in, in Matthew 24, verse eight, uh, you know, famine, pestilence, earthquakes, world war, those are, those are the beginning of, of sorrows. That's the word birth pains. You definitely see the intro for the mark of the beast. Everybody in the last few months is taking the coronavirus could mean the mark of the beast. And I'm like, no, you'll know, someone will know during that time if they're taking the mark of the beast. You willfully will have to do that. Uh, I believe the world is totally set up for this. I mean, even the Pope said we're ready for one world religion one world monetary system, and one world authority. So everything is pushing toward the setup for yeah. him. And boy, like, for instance, right now, Israel's getting ready to annex. They don't need to annex. It's already theirs. I don't know why we use that word, Judea and Samaria. And the EU's freaking out. And we know mm-hmm. that's one of the platforms for the Antichrist. So you can see them over the years pass laws against Israel that are a precursor to what that verse is about the Antichrist. Uh, you know, this is a funny one, uh, there's a particle collider in Switzerland where they're looking for the God particle. It's called CERN. Mm. Their logo is 666. I mean, you'd think someone would go, uh, that's not really the good look for you. But I mean, they're looking for the God particle. They're looking for, and the, the whole thought pattern is like the Tower of Babel. Let's make our access to, to, to God. Wow. And, uh, and their number is 666. So 
there, there, there's many more things about the mark of the beast as far as the Antichrist coming on the scene. Definitely, you see symptoms of it all over Europe. That system, mm-hmm. that Antichrist system, uh, even on the Tower of Babel being rebuilt, uh, not the Tower of Babel, but the Capitol building of the EU is identical to the Tower of Babel. So mm-hmm. you see that, that whole thought pattern, we'll make ourselves be God. We won't mm. we'll need God. So it's humanistic. The word, the verbiage of what they say is totally the introduction to the Antichrist. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so we see a setup. This, it's yeah. starting to set up. I mean, it's not, I mean, you don't even have to be going to church. You know there's something going on with this mark that they're going to be eventually moving into where it's a one world currency, mm-hmm. uh, real simple, but deeper than that, something real dark and uh, terrible, significant about it that sure. you definitely want to be, you know, as far away from that as possible. From the answer I received here is that, no, this is all going to happen after the church is caught away to meet the Lord in the air. But like you said, symptoms of it, leadings up to it, definitely we see that on the news. We see it everywhere. People are already experimenting with such things. Did you guys have a question or something? You want to come on over here, Carly. You can come on. Okay. There's one there and there's one here. So here's an interesting question, Joseph. Are you ready? Yeah. What can we tell young people who still want to get married and have children? They don't like to talk about the end times. And maybe, um, you know, maybe this is about like, is, can we have kids during the millennium? Or will there be, you know, those types of things during the thousand year rule and reign with Jesus after the earth is all clean? But what can we tell young people who still want to get married and have children? And a lot of them don't like to talk about the end times because that's like a dream in their heart. What would you tell young people right now about that? You know, I, I uh, doing end time conferences, you'll have question and answers. This inevitably comes up every time. And I think I'm one of the few people that's going to answer it this way. So I hope it's probably going to freak people out. We <laughs> freak know, us out. It's, you know, natural body people that make it through the latter part of the trip, they'll go into the millennium and repopulate the millennium. But there's one verse Jesus said, you know, there'll be no marriage or given in marriage, but they'll be like the angels of God. People use that verse and don't think that we'll ever repopulate. Jesus basically said, you err in the power of God. Like, I'll know who you should dwell with. And angels saw women in the Old Testament and wanted to be with them, so they had an appetite. I think for us to be like our dad, we'll be having children forever. So, of course, the young people would think they're never going to be able to do that. Now, we've taken that one verse and perverted it to, to think that that will never happen. I've never heard anybody else say this, so I'm sure if there, anyone's watching today, you'll probably get a lot of mail. But I really do think that. I think that believers will be able to repopulate even during the millennium along with the natural body people as well. That's so, cool. I think that. Wow. Very interesting. But you know what? It, it's okay. I think we need to hear some interesting revelation knowledge answers because I think some of these things were hidden until our generation because what are you going to do with it a hundred years ago you know so exactly and I I think you know we'll be overseeing all those people in the millennium but I think if we mm -hmm. want to we'll be able to have children that's just my opinion and uh, everyone uses that one verse and I mean I've looked up every way sideways about that verse but notice Mm -hmm. how young people always never have a hope of having a normal life Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think that's going to be like that. They're going to have a wonderful time. Yeah. Well, there's nothing. 
there's nothing a drag about going up in the rapture. I mean, everything gets a thousand times better than any great time on this planet anyway. Yes. Um, but here's a question that some people are asking. Is the rapture before the tribulation or are Christians going to have to be here during the tribulation? That's a great question. You know, a lot of people are mid-trib, post-trib, pre-trib. The only way to rectify everything in Scripture, the church has to go up before the tribulation. There's several factors. Dake says there's about 70. I can give you about three that are so exact. The church has so much authority for the Antichrist to even be revealed, the church has to depart. Paul said you can't have the Christ and the Antichrist here at the same time. And then exactly. in Daniel, it shows real clearly that the seven-year period is for Israel and for Jerusalem, not for the church. It's a time of Jacob's trouble, Israel's trouble. The whole purpose of the tribulation is to get Israel to receive Jesus as their Messiah so mm. that he can present himself to his brethren just like Joseph. Mm. So that's the purpose is really to scare people so bad that they give their life to the Lord because they're so hard-headed. they got missiles flying at them and asteroids coming. So uh, once you get into everything, the church has to be at the reward seat of Christ, married suffer the Lamb. You can't come back with the Lord the second coming if you're not already there. So to right. verses, you've got to be pre-trib. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that because there's another scripture that says that we are not appointed unto wrath. Yes. And the wrath of God is the seven-year tribulation, basically. I mean, all hell breaks loose, and yeah. the children of God are not appointed to that. So right. I see it that way too, Joseph, and I know some people don't. I had one guy one time come up to me in church and said, I'll give you $100 if you can prove that the, the church is going up before the tribulation. And I said, well, I, I don't want $100, but I do believe the church is going up before the tribute. doesn't mean some bad things aren't going to happen in the earth. We're already experiencing that. And obviously the rapture hasn't happened because I'd be gone. <laughs> this broadcast wouldn't be here. We'd all be gone. That's but um, people do need to take comfort in the fact that God's a great father and the heavy stuff is not going to happen until the church is out of here. And then, oh my goodness. Like you said, all kinds of things are going to be coming on the earth, happening within the earth. It's definitely not something you're going to want to go through. Right. Um, I have another question. This is an interesting one. I don't even know much about this, but a gentleman in our church, a good friend of ours, asked this question. Kurt asked this question. He texted me actually earlier today and said, do you know anything about the rabbi that saw Jesus in 2005 and was told that he will come back during the two Benjamins? Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, that's Rabbi uh, Ixak Kaduri, and he got uh, saved just before he died. Jesus appeared to him, and he put in a letter saying, okay, open this letter a year after I've gone home to be with the Lord. They opened the letter, and he said, I've come to realize that Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah. Freaked everybody out because he's a very well-respected rabbi, and that's just was kind of like a bomb being dropped on them. But they got into some of his other writings, and he prophesied and writ let, written letters that Israel would be ruled by two Benjamin just before the Messiah comes. Well, two weeks ago, you got two Benjamins ruling Israel because of the coronavirus, because they can't come up with a government. So they're splitting it between two Benjamins. And, you know, they, all these rabbis are expecting the Messiah. The problem is, is they're actually going to be hoodwinked by the false Messiah, and that's the Antichrist. Messiah is coming, but coming several years later, and we're coming with him. But man, that Antichrist is coming on the scene and all these rabbis are like, he's coming now, he's coming now, he's coming now. So I'm really sad that they're going to fall for the, oh. this man of sin and think he's the one. Then the Bible says midway through the trip, he enters into Jerusalem and says he's God. And it's kind of an uh-oh moment. But it, mm. that, those rabbis 
are preaching about the coming of the Messiah more than the church is. It's because they see really? everything coming to pass right after another, showing, wow, the Messiah is about to come. So he is about to come. It's just a few years after what they think, I believe. Very interesting. Wow. I had no idea. That's, that's pretty powerful. That's very interesting. Um, let, let's see another one here. Um, I, I was going to add, well, let me, let me read some more of these that have been sent in just now. Um, yeah, I was going to ask this one too. So let me kind of ask it here the way I put it on my notes. Um, what do you think are some of the most important things a non-believer should be aware of at this time. What, what do you think, uh, somebody who's kind of not sure if they want to be a Christian or not, what do you think they need to know? I mean, if, if the end of all things is at hand, and this event called the rapture is about to take place, and all hell is about ready to break th- forth on the earth, and, and it ain't good after that for people that aren't saved, what would you say to like non-believers or people kind of wondering, should I follow Christianity or not? Concerning all the things that are happening, the end times, Joseph, what do you think, what would you say to those people? Because there's probably some watching right now. You know, there's so many things that you could look at. And number one is the authenticity of the Bible, how how the scripture is so flawlessly, and people still fight this or whatever, but the first coming of the Lord was so documented, born in Bethlehem of the tribe of Judah, entered in Jerusalem on a cult, preceded by a messenger, they gambled over his robe. All those prophecies and the individual prophecies, the odds of that happening are 780 trillion times a billion times another trillion. So an unbeliever, after so many zeros, it's absurd to think that it happened by chance. There is not a chance that God said Jesus would come and die for us and be raised from the dead. The the unbeliever needs to look at the flawlessness for every one verse there is about the first coming, eight times more about the second coming. So God documented it so flawlessly. So the unbeliever could go, hmm, it's interesting. God said this, then brought to pass. God said this, brought to pass. I've been doing some Zoom meeting with some pastors, and unbelievers have been watching. They're more astute. So many unbelievers are more astute about the signs than the believers are. Interesting. Because it preaches to them. It's inarguable. It's exact. It's precise. What it should tell the unbeliever is how much Jesus loves them, that he let himself be beaten for them. So all that stuff preaches. It communicates how perfectly flawless God is. Yeah. And that's... For, for any unbelievers that might be watching, I, I have a friend in Denver who admitted that he was an agnostic months ago. But after all this stuff started happening, he said, you know, I'm kind of looking toward faith now, John. And yeah. somebody gave me a Bible and I'm starting to read it every day. He tried starting in Genesis, but then he bounced to John because it was getting a little yeah. heavy for him. But he's looking up. And, and I would say to anybody that who is on the fence or not sure Right now, the Bible, this is not like any other book. Like Joseph said, it, it's God-breathed. People heard from heaven, and they wrote. They didn't just come up with something in their minds. They heard from heaven, and they wrote down the things that the Lord told them. And, um, and the other thing that we would also say is if you have not yet asked Jesus to come into your heart by just believing that he is who the Bible says he is, the Son of God, the Savior from our sins, please believe that. Believe that because that, that will seal your destiny and you will be in the Father's hand, and nothing can pluck you out. You'll be in the safest place of the universe forever. You'll go up when you leave the earth, not down. You know, the Bible says hell from beneath is moved to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you. There's people going down, and there's people going up, and all you got to do to go up is receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you will be in his family. You'll go up when the trumpet sounds or when you leave this earth, 
And so we really want to encourage unbelievers and people that are seeking right now. Jesus loves you. He's your answer. The Bible is true. Get in a good church and you'll be glad you did. It's so wonderful. So Joseph, let me ask you this. What would you say to church people right now? Christians, knowing that the end of all things is at hand and we're in the last days, what should Christians know concerning all these things? What would stir them up maybe out of just kickback mode and really get moving for God? What would you say to the Christians? Oh, to the Christians, I would say is when you're at the end of a race, you, you, your, your life is intensified. As you see the finish line, you, you're, you're more engaged. Just like getting married. You're, when you're about to get married, you talk more when you're engaged, not, when you, not less. And, boy, this is a time to be on, on point with the local mm. church, local pastor. I would be volunteering. I would be praying more than normal. I'd be hearing the word more than normal. This is the most joyous, fun time ever for the church. Yes. Could you imagine the night before the rapture going, hey, what are you doing? You know, you'd think people would be sweet and they'd be kind. And uh, I, would, I, would, I have a T-shirt that says, Jesus is coming, look busy. You don't want to fake it. You want to be doing the will of God. Exactly. I mean, let all of history preach to you as you approach the rapture of the church. Mm. All of history of all the different moves of God wrapped up into one, finishing off the church age. I, I know the Lord wants every believer to be a voice. In the old covenant, God yep. raised the prophets to be a voice. And that's fine. But in the new covenant, he raised up believers. So, so we can be so filled with God that our, our voices can be a trumpet. It can be so a warning good. voice, but also filled with joy. I mean, yeah. we're about to experience the coolest thing ever. We're going to get brand new bodies. My mm. weight is perfect, but I'm not the right height. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> getting fixed. So to the believer, it, it's the most exciting time ever. All of a sudden, we're yes, going to be changed. So I would oh, say, glory. Everything God's had in your heart, this is the season for it to come to pass. Yep. yep. Oh, I agree. It's time. It's two-minute warning. Man, this is not the time to kick back. This is the time to go, go, go. We're almost done. The night comes when no man can work. I mean, these are awesome, awesome days for the believer. and We're just excited. You know, we're, we're, I, a lot of people don't realize some of the things that are going to happen right after all this. And one of the things that really blows me away is this city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is a God that's yeah. going to come down from heaven. It's yeah. as wide as half of the United States approximately, and it's as high as half of the United States, 1,200 by 1,200 miles, right? Yeah. And we're talking the top of this city, come, it comes down like a cube, like a crystal cube filled with gold and gems and sparkly and powerful, and it's yeah. going to go way out into the stratosphere, and there's going to be mansions in there, and God's going to dwell with us, and we're going to be with him in that city. It's like the capital of the universe. Yes. And it's an event that's really going to happen. I mean, this is powerful. God cares about us. He built us a city and he's yes. coming back to live with us forever. And there's going to be a thousand year rule and reign on this earth. And who knows what after that, but it's going to be greater and greater. And so I have, I have another question. This is my personal question, Joseph, that yeah. I'd like to ask you at this time. And that is this, okay? I'm curious. Um, about Revelation chapter 8, verses 8 through 11. And I'm going to read it out of the scriptures here, and then I'm going to ask Joseph if he'll comment on it. It says, uh, Revelation 8, verse 11, or excuse me, verse 8 through 11, the Bible says the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. 
and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven. You know, things coming on the earth, Jesus talked about. And this great star fell from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. So my question is, that sounds like a meteorite or two. And, and I don't know, even other scriptures talk about the sun being hit with something. Sure. Uh, where was that scripture, Carla? We talked, it's in Revelation about the sun was hit with something. And um, it says the sun was smitten in the third part of the moon in the next couple of verses. I'm just wondering, I mean, does that sound like meteorites to you? And do you know of any meteorites that are headed toward the earth? <laughs> yeah, you know, that, it's really amazing how there's so many asteroids. They said uh, the other day there were nine in one month that did some, some flybys, you might want to call it, and 34 so far this year. They said there's one asteroid that's so big that people will be able to see it in 2026 and 2027 as it does flybys. They'll be able to watch it in anticipation. That word wormwood, I was preaching in the Ukraine, talking about how an asteroid is going to hit and make a third of the waters radioactive. I said the word wormwood and everybody gasped. And I was like, what's the deal? Why are they gas? That's the word Chernobyl in their language. So I believe right after the rapture, a lot of things like that are going to happen. And really, it's just to get people's attention. People will not be able to say, well, I had no idea anything was going on. Well, the water turned to blood. The water got, mm -hmm. you know, got polluted with, with radioactivity. So it's amazing how t horrible that sounds, but it's going to get people's attention. And yes, uh, yeah. the, the amount of, of how things, the activity of those things is picked up. I looked at NASA even two weeks ago. and man, I did one, too. One thing after another, that they're kind of overwhelmed. About five weeks ago, an asteroid came within the Earth and, and the Moon, and they didn't see it till afterwards. So, so there's a yeah. I'm like, what? So that was on NASA's website. So I, they even admitted that. So I think the Earth's getting ready for some activities. That yes, it's going to be horrific, but it will get people's attention. They'll, it they will won't get people's attention. I had no idea anything was going on. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot coming. Interesting. So we heard about this one asteroid that they say they have their eye on mm -hmm. that's supposed to pass by the Earth. They say pass by. Well, NASA wouldn't tell if it would hit the Earth anyway, right? I mean, they're not going to say, oh, guys, a meteorite's coming to the Earth about as big as the state of Colorado. They, would, they wouldn't say that, even if it was. Obviously, mass panic or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they said it would probably come within 19,000 miles of the Earth. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I thought that was interesting because they said we'd be able to see it with our eyes in about five to six years from now. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because if we're still here when we see it, oh man, what an evangelistic opportunity. <laughs> oh my, and they say the debris field behind that asteroid is what they're concerned about for the moon and for the sun and for the earth. So even if the asteroid doesn't hit the earth, the debris field is what they were freaked out about, the trail behind yeah. it. So it's weird they have so much, uh, uh, not just activity, but evidence of what is to come in those years ahead. So, yeah, it's exciting. Wow. So, so our advice to you viewers is go get the movie Deep Impact, watch <laughs> it, and then give your heart to Jesus. No, I'm not promoting that movie. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's good or bad, but um, <laughs> we, we, do, we do know Jesus said things were going to come on the earth. And, you know, something's going to happen to our sun. Very yeah. interesting to think. Our star, something's going to happen to our star. 
It yeah. talks about it being darkened. It talks here in Revelation about it being smitten with something right. and the moon. And I, um, I find it very interesting. You know, Joseph, we believe in sharing the love of God and the compassion of God with everybody on this planet. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. But there is a scripture that says some save with fear. Right. Pulling them from the fire. Yes. Hating even the garment that's spotted by the flesh. And, and we know there's going to be a lot of quote-unquote fires in these last days. And our calling is not to put them all out. Our calling is to pull people from the fire yes. and believe God that they get out of it in time. And so I, I got to thinking about some of the things like the meteorites and things. Like, that's terrible. That's awful. But it's going to happen. And you really don't want to be here for that. And right. if, if, if the goodness of God isn't getting your attention, maybe this will get your attention because it's the goodness of God too, warning yeah. you about what's going to happen and that you don't have to be here when all hell breaks loose because the false prophet, the antichrist, the beast, these things are real. Now, what exact form they'll take and what exactly they'll manifest like in this realm, I'm not 100% sure about that, but it's going to happen. And the Lord loves you so much. He's coming to you right now through a broadcast like this. He's coming to you through Joseph Morris and all the things he has on his website to get you ready to show you that Jesus is real. The Bible's true. He loves you more than you know. And you can go up in these end times and not have to stay in this mess. I'm telling you, when that man of sin is revealed, it's pretty much everything goes. And this world is going to experience mass chaos, sin, wickedness, destruction, and that is not the will of God that any of his creation goes through that. So um, did you want to say something, Joseph, in the middle of all this? I'm going to read one more question, but go ahead and say what's on your heart. Yeah, I, I was preaching in the Bible school in Australia, and the lady that runs the school said, you know, the tribulation is like hell on earth, but at least it's better than going to hell forever. Exactly. And as much as it's horrible that it is, it'll get people's attention. And some people, like in World War II, they said there was not any atheists in foxholes because you got bombs dropping on you. It's amazing how you turn your heart to the Lord. So it's going to be a, basically a mentality like that for seven years. So as horrible as it is, mm. I would rather get saved then and not go to hell forever if it takes pressure to get me because I'm so hard-headed. Yeah, so, exactly. man, I'm just so grateful that somewhere someone prayed for all of us and we got the truth. So if you're watching, exactly. you're, you're on the fence. You don't want to be here during that seven-year period. I mean, don't let pressure push you to get saved. Get saved now. You have nothing so to lose and everything to gain. So good. Okay, here's a couple more questions. Let's see what these are. Um, what about the microchipping and man mandatory vaccinations? And I, I think you probably kind of answered this, um, but do you think there's anything connected with end time prophecy about microchipping and mandates for vaccinations? You know, I think the microchipping will start happening with the mark of the beast eventually, but with a vaccine, it, it won't happen. People were thinking they were taking the mark of the beast by taking the vaccine. It's real clear in the book of Revelation that you're, you'll be aware, aware of what you're doing. It's, right. It's it won't be a hidden mark. thing. You won't, it, it won't be like, oops, I took the mark of the beast. So I don't think that can be involved with the microchipping or the vaccine yet. But I believe eventually they'll get microchipping where they'll be able to number you and label you and follow you mm. and track you. But I think we're a ways away from that. And then no way can a person buy or sell if they don't have the mark. Right. Very Look at how the group is set up for that, how, you know, uh, even with coronavirus, everybody wants to have everything forgiven. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene. We're going to forgive everybody's debts, but you've got to deal with our currency. 
And to do that, you have to take this mark. So the world's set up for that. Sad, totally. true, but man, it's a, it's, and think about after the church leaves, look at the anarchy that's happened the last two days. That's what the church here of the salt of the earth is here. Can you imagine when the salt yeah. leaves when the church departs? A mess, you, yeah. I mean, we're the restraining force right now. And the day after mm-hmm. the rapture, you talk about mayhem. So you're yeah. getting a picture of it with all the, uh, the rioting right now. So yeah. man, we need to pray for those to get saved uh, as quick as possible, that's for sure. Wow. You know, Joseph, I was thinking the other day, and this is a little different, but I think we're kind of the same. We're kind of different in some of these things. We, we want to get fresh revelation, and whether this is revelation or not, but it almost seems like there might be some people in this earth that know that a rapture is about to happen. They don't want God. They don't love him but they know this thing's about to happen. And I got to thinking the other day that really every time the devil tries to do something really big, the church prays and messes up the devil's plans. Right. It happens time and time again, because we are the withholder. The Holy spirit in the church is withholding this man of sin from being revealed before all those lying powers and signs and wonders. And then the Lord said, he'll come who he'll destroy with the brightness of his coming. Yes. And I got to thinking, there, there's, it seems like there could be some people on the earth right now realizing this church has got to get out of here before our lust can come to the highest level we want it to. This church has got to be gone because they keep messing up our plans. And I thought of the Egyptians loading down the Israelites saying, go, do what your God wants you to do. Get out of Egypt. Here's our gold. Here's our silver. Here's our earrings. Here's all our, our precious gems. Please just take all this and go. And they left. And I thought, you know, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. I I had this picture of all these people who want the church out of here saying, here, here's some money. Preach your gospel. Here's some money. Here's here's some forgiveness of debt. Preach your gospel. Get out of here so we can do our thing. Yeah. I thought It's kind of a strange thought. But really, I think they're realizing Mm -hmm. that the withholder has not been taken out of the way yet. I used to think people would freak out. I think they're going to rejoice when we depart, just like the two witnesses in the tribulation. They, they have a party and give each other gifts when, when they die, but then they're raised from the dead. It, it's really, you can see how strange it's gotten that you can mm-hmm. tell they're going to be so happy when we depart because we're, we're restraining them from living the lifestyle that they want to exactly. do. We're, we're the nerdy, weird people, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see that thought pattern come to play when we depart. Yeah, It is. I, I think, I don't know, the, the enemy behind this coronavirus that coronavirus was supposed to be a lot worse than it was. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the masks. Thank God for the social distancing. But I'm telling you, the prayers of God people kept yeah. that thing from going global and destroying millions and millions and millions of lives. And we again, the devil did something. The church prayed and messed up the devil's plans. And so I think some of them are, I, I think some people just they have it in their heart. They know Jesus is real. They know there's end times and they flat out don't want him. They want the church to get out of here so they can do their thing on this planet and do whatever they want to do with the devil and demons. It's real interesting to think that, but it, it seems like we're in this area of end times. It's so dark and one side is getting so bright and another side. It's just, I know some people call it conspiracy theories and all this and all that, but there's some underground stuff going on in the world right now, people. And there's some end time things happening and it's pretty weird and dark in some places, but the church is here. And until we're gone, that man of sin cannot be revealed. Yes. Which amen. is the Antichrist or? Yep, the Antichrist, yes. 
Paul said, Paul said in Second Thessalonians, they thought they were in the tribulation because Nero was killing so many Christians. He said, don't worry. The, the Antichrist can't be revealed until there's a departure. It's the word apostasia, not, not a departure it. from the faith. It's the departure, same word that Enoch departed. If it was a departure from the faith, uh, the Antichrist would have come during the Dark Ages. Paul was trying to tell them, don't worry. Mm. He can't be revealed until you depart. And it's just like every movie where the hero comes in at the end of the day, Jesus is going to come back at the second coming and stop war. And I like how you said it. The, you know, the world's never coming to an end. He's going to bring heaven down to earth. You talk about a U-Haul. He's going to bring the new Jerusalem after the millennium. He's going to bring the new. I hate moving. Could you imagine moving a, a planet? He's yeah. going to move this planet down here. So yeah. the amazing thing for us is you're watching what Jesus said. The last days would be like the days of Noah, filled with corruption and violence. And you feel yeah. that undercurrent of wickedness now, mm-hmm. probably like mm-hmm. never before. And mm-hmm. I believe it's because we're about to depart. And uh, basically the gloves are going to be off. So, man, yeah. I'm sure we'd want to be on the right team. I mean, could you imagine being in the coronavirus, being in the midst of everything in the world and not being saved would be the scariest thing, I think, on the planet. So uh, thank God we have the answer. His name's Jesus. Oh, totally. I'm going to ask you one more question, Joseph, and then I'm just going to ask you to share your heart for as long as you'd like here. I know we're about ready to wrap it up, but we're we're cool on time. We don't have to pay a TV station or anything. This is done from our own studio, praise God. Um, But I want to ask you one more question here. Um, actually two more, (laughs) um, the one about will pets be raptured? Whoever asked that question, I did a hope note on it, a little track. It's in our kiosk out here. And if you're from out of town, we'll send it to you. Um, because I answered that question, a little track, will our pets go up in the rapture? But the question here, Joseph, do people go up in the rapture if they are saved, but not living right? Yes. Because really the, the way you live doesn't make you holy. The blood of Jesus makes you holy. And I know that sounds weird, but you can't make yourself in the flesh be holy. God did it so cool where he took you out of the picture where you can't say, hey, I'm such a great Christian. I'm living so holy. No, Jesus purchased you with his blood. Now, that doesn't give you a license to sin. You'll reap what you sow, and you'll end up going home early. But but your flesh... is not perfected until you're glorified. But yet he gave you a brand new spirit. He's coming back for a certain species. If you're in the body of Christ, you're going to be raptured. I tell my friends, I'm the hangnail in the body of Christ, but at least I'm in. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you do yeah. want to live right. I mean, Paul even said, God forbid, you know, that's stupid to try to think you want to live like the world. But exactly. the flesh never trumps what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Right. It's, it's it, all those doctrines that are they're amazing. They say Jesus's blood wasn't quite good enough to redeem you. No, he paid the ultimate price. God's exactly. own blood was poured out for you. So yeah, even exactly. if you are not perfect in the flesh, right. you're you're perfect. He's presented you holy, unblameable, right. and unreprovable in His sight. Thank exactly. God in the field of heaven, you're flawless. <clears throat> I always say this: He's He's looking at you through corrective lenses, and that's the blood of Jesus. Right. Let me ask you this. Do you, think, do you think there might be some believers that don't want to go up in the rapture because they like the world so much? I mean, do they have to go? I'm, let me put it, do Christians have to go at the rapture? What if they have a longing to stay and they say, you know what? I don't know if I want to go right now. Will the Lord take them anyway? I think they'll be evacuated anyway because it's really not about them. It's about him coming for his body. Like, okay, if I was walking today and I was an amputee, I'd want my leg back. The Lord uh-huh. wants his body back. 
Yeah. And, you know, this is the thing about the rapture. I hear so many people go, well, I don't want the Lord to come back because I got so much in my heart. Well, it's I haven't seen Disneyland yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're going to live forever. You know what I mean? All right. like, the rapture's not an ending. It's a beginning. You're yeah. tasting of the powers of the world to come. You're yeah. writing your resume for what you'll be doing during the millennium. Mm -hmm. So the rapture is not an ending. I, people are think we're going to be raptured and go play harps. It's going to be, right. No, no, right. No. The Lord told me one time preaching in Omaha, he said, tell them they've never seen a roller coaster until they see one of the millennium. I'm like, and I said, exactly. He kind of freaked out. I'm like, the Lord is so cool that he's been yeah. this guy that doesn't know how to have fun. And at the, once the raptures happen, it's just all, no, no, um, the beginning, not an ending. Uh, oh, exactly. Brightness, glory. What's that? There's a good question. Okay. Here, there's another good question here. Um, is the Antichrist going to rule the whole world or just a few nations? You know, I've heard both. Uh, the Bible says he rules the whole world. But then I hear a lot of preachers say it's just the area around uh, Israel, which if they can go to Petra and Jordan and get safety from him, they don't have to go very far. But the Bible is very specific about him ruling the whole world. Okay. Yeah. Carla, I got two questions here. Which one? The long one or the short one? Okay, for those left behind after the rapture that then accept the Lord after the rapture, will they have to endure the whole seven-year trib, or will they be brought up immediately? No, there, there's a mid-trib rapture, and they'll, they'll go up in that mid-trib rapture. The oh, there is a mid-trib rapture. The Bible says it's innumerable. Really? The, mat, the biggest harvest, and this just goes against a lot of people, but this is what the Bible says. We want to be word people when it comes to faith and healing. But we don't want to be when it comes to end times. The Bible says the biggest harvest happens after the church is gone. It's, it, it numbers a 200 million man army. It can't number the number that gets saved in the tribulation. If it can't number them, it's, the Bible says it's innumerable. Well, by the time of the second coming, half the population have gotten saved, 50%. One's taken, one's left. And that's the opposite of the rapture. So for France, that's a 49% revival. For Germany, it's a 47% revival. So the people that get saved in that tribulation, they're raptured mid-trib. Interesting. That, I've never heard that before. That's yeah. amazing. There's, it's amazing how there's quite a few raptures. And you know, the rapture, uh, uh, Elisha knew in the Sons of Prophets the day Elijah was going to be taken from him. So they did. The, the very day. He said, and then mm -hmm. Elijah said, you see me when I'm taken, it'll be so. So he knew he was going to be taken. The sons of the prophets knew he was going to be raptured. And Elijah goes, I know it. Shut up. Interesting. So they even knew the day they were going to go up. That is interesting. Wow. Do you think Moses was raptured? I mean, they, can't find, they couldn't find his body, right? Do you think he was like Enoch or? I, I think uh, uh, when the Bible says the devil disputed over his body. Yeah. It said the Lord rebuke you. I think the devil was saying, hey, he's on the earth and belongs to me. This is my domain. All the oh. I'd say is the Lord rebuke you. That's why at the rapture, I believe the devil is going to try to contend with God about people being on the earth, and the archangel is going to go, the voice of the archangel is going to be the Lord rebuke you. Same thing. Mm. We'll be interesting. Yeah. That's revelation. Wow. Very interesting. Great, great, great things ahead. <laughs> oh, there are. Well, Joseph, listen, just take a couple minutes before I – share a few more things in closing because so viewers please don't leave yet just listen to us wrap up here but 
I, Joseph, I'd just like you right now to just talk to everybody, believers, non-believers, whoever's watching or watching the archive later. Just share anything that's on your heart that you feel the Lord would want them to know right now. Sure, sure. I won't, I won't, I'll make this brief, but we're so privileged, if you're watching tonight, to have the technology to look at what's happening all over the world and see verse after verse after verse coming to pass. So let's let uh, the, the, the verses coming to pass preach to us. Let's, I hear people go, well, I need more signs. Uh, I mean, how many signs do we need before we do the will of God? And the, and the whole purpose of this, I had an evangelist say, now, Joe, if you teach on the coming of the Lord, you'll just get everybody's hopes up. I said, duh, that's exactly right. The Bible says it's the hope that purifies us even as we're pure. So there's something healthy about hearing the coming of the Lord. There's something that strengthens you about hearing the coming of the Lord. So let this season ring in your heart and produce great strength, great joy. And just as if you were a runner and you saw the finish line, all that training was to accelerate right then. In a race, when the last lap of the race starts, people take chances. They've never taken the whole race. Let's go for it. Let's say of all of our hearts and of, of our church there in Grand Junction, let's be ballistically doing the will of God. Let's don't fit church into our life. Let's make it our life. Do everything so we can, get as many people born again as we possibly can. And I believe there's a witness for your church. I think there's a grace for your church. I think that he's going to amplify your voice in your church and that all the things that you have in your heart that you've desired to see, I believe that you will see right here before the coming of the Lord. Most exciting, wonderful time ever to have verse after verse after verse coming to pass. You hear people say, I want to live in Bible days. You're living in Bible days. It's sure a treat and an honor to be with you. I know that uh, as we get closer to the, to the rapture of the church, it's just going to get more intensified for us. I mean, for the world, we know it's perilous times. But for you and I, it's great joy, great strength, great hope, because we're about to see Jesus face to face. I don't know what the yeah. protocol is to all of a sudden meet God, but man, I can't wait to see those eyes as a flame of fire, feet like unto fine brass, voice of many waters, God himself. So man, it's exciting. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 